it's on. Hello, everyone. Uh, happy Easter. Happy um, Easter. Just give us some thumbs up. We'll make sure that everyone's awake and um, gotten out of bed to watch our Easter Sunday morning. He is risen. So we've seen, we've got one person there, I think. People. So I'm hoping you've had a wonderful, wonderful um, Good Friday and, and, and Saturday. And this morning we wake up to what is another beautiful day, um, a day that we can celebrate, a day of hope. Um, and like I said before, he is risen. And I imagine being in a big group of people where you all call back, um, he is risen indeed. Um, I offered to do that, but we decided against no, it. No, probably <laughs> sound pretty bad. But anyway, we'll have to save that for another time. I know how much um, you guys always love to um, to call out on a Sunday morning. So, hey, enjoy. Um, we just wanted to start this morning by doing some birthdays as well. We've got a few people who are having birthdays. We haven't been able to track down all the wedding anniversaries. So if you've had a wedding anniversary this week, um, happy anniversary. Um, hopefully you've been able to celebrate that well in your bubble. Um, so Angela's is going to share the birthdays that we've got this week. So yeah, we had Jesse Chapman, who we actually missed last week. So sorry, Jesse. Uh, Elijah Housen, Ashlyn Cotton, Erin Lane yesterday, and T, who's Eru, Eru and Fiona's grandson. So hope you guys have all had a great week. Wonderful. So I know for us in our bubble, we have had lots of conversations um, as the weeks have led up to, to Easter, or this week leading up to Easter, about how this is so different from, from any other Easter that we've experienced as a family, as a bubble. Um, primarily, one of the main reasons is um, Samuel and Anna were both saying that it's the, it's the first time as a family we've been all together on Easter Sunday or even Easter weekend for, for eight years. Uh, primarily because the kids, like so many others, um, go off to their Easter camp and, um, and enjoy time together with them. So, so that for us has been one of those things that, that has just been so different. And, and really it is just that sense of, for, for Angela and I, Easter is probably very different from a lot of people. You know, we, we normally spend a big chunk of Easter weekend sort of fighting off the envy and jealousy of all of those people who get to go away. And we try really hard not to hurt the people that kind of ask us in good, good spirits, but kind of ask us, oh, so are you guys doing anything for the weekend? You're going away? And um, so we and normally... Not, and not to mention this Easter, we were, I've been lamenting this weekend that we were meant to be in Italy and I was so looking forward to going to church in Italy. But anyway... Yeah, sorry. so we've sort of been, um, we kind of spend on, on so many different levels, you know, this Easter is so different from really any other Easter probably that any of us have, have ever experienced. And, and yet, actually, Easter is all about the unexpected. You know, like um, the Messiahs weren't those first, those first disciples. Messiahs, it, it wasn't expected that the Messiah is to die. And, and really, if, if, it, if one was to die, because there were lots of would-be Messiahs who have gone before Jesus, if they were to die, it was a clear sign that they weren't. You know, there's lots of things about Easter that are unexpected. Like um, dead bodies are not meant, are not expected to come back out of tombs alive. There is so much unexpectedness about Easter. 
and yet cutting through all of our expectations, all of the unmet expectations, all of the things that we thought were going to be that aren't, all of the things that are that we didn't think would be, um, the, cr the cross cuts through all of it. In fact, the cross cuts through all of time, um, all of history. And, you know, I just wanted to take a minute to thank Dej, who's been putting together those amazing playlists. If you haven't got Spotify, um, get it. And then you can sort of follow the NVC, I think it's called MVC, Maharingi Vineyard Church. Um, and Dej just put together some brilliant playlists. And on that, I have been absolutely thrashing um, a song. I put it in my headphones because my household or my bubble gets sick of hearing it over and over again. But this song called Hallelujah for the Cross. And there's a line in there, where would I be if it wasn't for the cross? Um, and, and I've just been really thinking a lot about that, you know, and I'd love for you to spend the rest of this day and, and our week going ahead. Where would we be without the cross? It made me think of, um, this is a bit of a confession time, and this by no means is a um, recommendation or an endorsement, but um, someone who will remain nameless um, a couple of months ago ref um, recommended us watching Vikings, a Netflix series. Again, Angela, could you, Angela, this spent yeah. most of the series like this. Like this. And for me too, I was kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't think this is good for my soul. <laughs> Some of the scenes were pretty rough. But one of the, one of the things that most captured me about the series was, um, and it's about the Vikings, and it was the first, one of the first raids in what is England or Britain that the Viking um, warriors did. And they came across a monastery where they proceeded to slaughter in the most gruesome ways possible um, every one of the monks. And I think it got down to like the last one and one of the, one of the Vikings was there. And he pointed up into one of the chapels where there was a cross um, and a crucifix on the wall. And, and really in just a mocking but ignorant way, um, just sort of joked about how foolish it was that these people would worship a god who was dead. And, and you know, that really struck me of, of sort of, yeah, I guess in a way, um, the cross seems such an unusual um, sign of, of who God is and what he's like. But I really think, and I got to thinking really the, the difference or what makes all of the difference of the cross is that we see it not as as an ending but as a beginning that the cross is a place of life not a place of death that the cross is and this is my message or our message that we want to communicate today a place of hope not a place of despair you know my favorite one of my favorite um, theologians and one of the people that I go to most um, in preparing for talks and, and just sort of love to read is N.T. Wright, and, and I've quoted him so many times, but I just wanted to quote um, him from a book that he wrote a few years back now called Surprised by Hope. And it's this, Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from the earth and take them to heaven, but to colonize earth with the life of heaven. That Easter was when hope in person surprised the whole world by coming forward from the future 
into the present. So I just want to read, so if you've got your Bibles, Angela's just going to read um, Luke 10, and it's the idea, it's this, excuse me, Luke 24, Mm -hmm. sorry, Luke 24, verses 1 to 12. And it is this first experience of of Jesus' disciples of, of this new and amazing hope that what was, was not going to be. So starting in verse 1. But very early on Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be portrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day? Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. Yeah, so I just wanted to share, um, oh, I'll take my glasses off. Yesterday morning I woke up um, with this really reminder of something that had happened 25 years ago, which I can't believe it was that long ago. But when we first got married, we lived in the States and it was my first Easter in America and I didn't realize that there was a, a dress code for Easter Sunday. Um, but it was, I don't know what, it would have been March sometime. And we went to church and it was a really, really cold day. I was wearing, um, I remember it, I was wearing like woolen pants and like a merino top and a really thick woolen coat. And because I, it had actually snowed on, on Easter morning. Um, so yeah, yeah so it was context, really cold. Was there was cold. snow on the ground. And I arrive at church to find all of the other ladies not at all dressed like me. They were wearing, um, I didn't realize, but in the States you buy an Easter dress. So they were wearing these pastel-colored, florally, really lightweight summer dresses. And their um, patent white leather sandals with their toes showing and I was completely like mesmerized by the whole thing I couldn't quite believe it and I remember coming out of church and it was snowing and anyway yesterday I woke up like I said thinking about that and I was like god what you know what what are you trying to remind me like what why have you brought that to my mind and I think for me what it's felt like and I don't know about you but for this Easter it has felt like um winter and spring so it's felt like for me thinking of today and easter sunday and 
I haven't felt like I've been able to just kind of put on the pastel floral dress joy bounce around Easter Bunny sort of joy. It hasn't felt like that to me. And I was vacuum vacuuming here yesterday and I, I just kept saying, but God, I, you know, I know the significance of today. So what, you know, what, what do I do with it? And he just reminded me that he is in every season, that he's joy and hope in summer, that he's joy and hope in mm -hmm. autumn, that he's joy and hope in spring, and he is still joy and hope in winter. And I loved what Deirdre said yesterday on her little clip that, you know, our world is changing, but he isn't changing. So I feel like for me, and I've always loved that about God, that he, he loves me and takes me where I'm at. And for me, if today, this Easter, it feels like it's okay to kind of have my coat on and feel a bit of the weight of what the world is right now, but know that in that, I can still find my joy and hope in Him. You know, I, I was looking back when I was sort of thinking um, this morning's message or the primary message obviously for for Easter is hope. And I was kind of thinking, and I wanted to just share from, from me my own, my own kind of story. And some of you probably were there on the day, but the last time um, that I spoke on hope, was actually December um, December 1st. It was the first Sunday of Advent and it was in that wonderful year of um, 2019. Remember how great that was? <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> before we even knew it. Um, but it was, like I said, it was the first Sunday of Advent um, and it was in the waiting. And remember we ta I talked about hope in the waiting. And the main scripture that we used or I used was was that prophetic utterance from Isaiah 9 about the coming of the Messiah. And there's this amazing, it starts, it starts, um, sorry, um, chapter 9 starts in, in with this, what I believe is probably one of the most hopeful, if not the most hopeful word in, in all of scripture, and it is nevertheless. So nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. If you want to pick it up and look this this afternoon, um, verse eight is you know it really responds to what's happening. That longing of God's people for a Messiah, the the hardships that they've endured, the the difficulties that they face, the the year in and year out of life not being the way they had hoped or planned, and yet an ingrained something within them hoped for and longed for a Messiah, that God was going to come, the nevertheless of God's kingdom, of God's plan, his purpose. Um, and I said there that, that really, um, that nevertheless, um, that all of our life is punctuated by a divine and cosmic comma of God's love. That everything that we've experienced in the midst of where we are right now, we're just on the front side of that divine and cosmic comma. And there will be a nevertheless. This time will not go on forever. And if you were there on that day, I've really, for me, um, it has been, it was, it is one of the moments that I will treasure and remember of 12 years of sermons, and I can't probably remember if, if any of them, um, but this one will, I will never ever forget. And I will never actually look at hope 
um, the same way again. Because in that morning, at that moment when I said, you know, all of this life is punctuated, all of its pain, all of the things that we long for is punctuated by a divine and cosmic karma. In, in the room, in the community center on that day, um, Nicole was there. And for those of you who don't know Nicole, Nicole is a wonderful part of our church family. She's um, in a wheelchair, largely, um, if not almost permanently, you know, non-verbal. It's very, very unusual for Nicole to um, sort of to speak out or to, to make sound. And yet in that very moment of, of speaking about the hope that is to come, that, that whatever this life is, whatever we experience, there is a nevertheless of God's love. And in that moment, I can only describe it as the most beautiful longing groan that I've ever heard from another human being. And Nicole sort of just called out in that way. And for me, like, I hope she's watching. I hope um, Kevin and Chris, you know, just thank you so much for your amazing daughter. Because for me, I will never hear of or, or think of the narrative of hope without thinking of Nicole. And I think for us, the message I'd love for us to, to take with us um, of, and I can't obviously talk about it without crying because I do that a lot, but um, is that we live in a moment that is just on the front side of God's comma, that we have a hope in the midst of this time. That, that God will come again, that Jesus is coming again, that, that all of those unexpected things like a cross, like a tomb, um, like all of the suffering that Jesus went through, um, there is an unexpected twist in that today, three days later, all of it was overturned. All of it was made right. And so... Um, I just want to leave you with that. I want to thank you for for who you guys are as a church family. I, I will pray. I'm going to pray in a minute for you and for your bubble. That you would again be confronted, be set back, be taken back by God's hope. Um, today, fill your day with worship. And whether worship is, is, is enjoying those amazing playlists from Dej, whether worship is going for a walk, whether worship is is sharing a meal around the table with your, with your bubble. Um, whether it includes taking communion, um, do all of those things. Embrace the hope of this season. Embrace the hope that, that is a comma on all of time and all of the cosmos, of all of creation, that God is coming, that he is risen and he is coming again. So thank you so much. And enjoy the rest of your day. Um, enjoy what is um, looks like another beautiful sunny one. Um, go out, enjoy nature, and enjoy the hope that we all have. Thanks, guys. You gonna pray? Oh, better pray. <laughs> Do you want so, me to pray? Yeah, sure. Well, we'll be, we both can. So, God, I thank you. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I thank you for. Um, I thank you for Nicole. I thank you that 
you have used her to forever change my view of hope, to expand my interpretation of, of what is and what will be. I pray that you would, you would bless her now. You would bless Kevin and Sue. Chris. Chris, sorry. Um, Chris. That you would bless their bubble. Mm -hmm. That you would bring your hope to them and to her. I pray for the rest of us, God, that, that no, whatever season we are in, God, would you reveal to, to each of us the hope of this amazing Easter Sunday. That no matter what things look like, your hope comes and cuts across through it all. Amen. Yeah, God, I want to just thank you for this really special group of people that, that we get to do life with. And whilst we can't do it physically right now, God, that we can still be with and, and stand with one another in this way. So God, I pray for each of us today God whatever like just that reminder for me of that time at church in America God whatever we're feeling today some of us might be totally cool to put on the pastel dress and go out and down to the beach and and others of us maybe not but God in it you are still God you don't change you haven't changed and God that we're forever moving mm. with you and that you're with us no matter what's going on so God I just pray that you would you would be with every family today. God, I pray that they would know you deeper, that they would love you more. Amen. 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 Happy maybe Easter. if you maybe if you send us photos of you in your bubble in pastel dresses on the beach, that might be a really <laughs> funny thing to do. Um, I can imagine some of you just really rocking it. So, uh, so <laughs> yeah. So enjoy your rest of your day. Um, enjoy the hope that we have um, that Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. See ya.